This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, Chris and I like professional wrestling. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. And to begin tonight, very special, uh, impromptu Shake Them Ropes Theater, Requiem for a Slapjack. Chris has asked for this time to perform a eulogy for the great WWE sports entertainer known as Slapjack. Yeah, you know, Jeff, uh, I heard the news this week. and I heard the news today. Oh, I, 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 I heard the news this week, and, and the, old, the old acoustic git fiddle here had been out of commission for several months, but I was so moved by the news here today that I, I just needed to... I just needed to go up to Denton, get this thing fixed up for this occasion here. And uh, I wanted to play a song that you might remember, that I remember, that perhaps we all remember. It goes like this. How many roads must a slab check go down? Before we see Slapjack again Oh, the answer, my friend It is jacking in the wind The answer, <laughs> it is jacking in the wind I said, oh, the answer it is It is jacking in the wind Jeff Hawkins it Answers. is jacking in the wind. Free slapjack. Hey, Tony Khan, get the wallet out. Get the wallet out. Pay for the gimmick. Get him on my TV. Very good job of me just throwing you a bit and you running with it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, this episode is sponsored by my bookie. A little bit more about them in a bit. But, yeah, starting with <laughs> more cuts. Chris. Budget. Oh, let's tighten those drawstrings a little here because it's just hard for this company. It's hard for a company on it's the streets. It's hard out these here days. for a pimp. Yeah, is what yeah it, is. it really is. <laughs> Fight. That Fight actually for. really sort of uh, <laughs> epitomizes yeah. the independent contractor relationship Jeff, he's got. Jeff's arcane reference, a little on the nose on that one. Eh, okay. Uh, Fightful, our friends over there, uh, tweeting this out. Fightful has learned that. WWE has released John Morrison, Top Dollar, Ashante Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, a.k.a. Slapjack, and Jackson Riker. Of course, the uh, official statement is that uh, Johnny Ace made these calls, citing budget cuts <laughs> right before Thanksgiving. Uh I guess we gotta go with the top story on this one, and that is that uh, Hitch well, Row. Yeah, no, no Hitch Row is, is no mo. That's what. It is. How is WWE gonna be able to afford Brock Lesnar, given the state of their budget these days, Jeff? 
Okay, let's all right. Hit row. Talk with the accounting. Of, uh, all right, hit row. Uh, yeah, this one very shocking. Yet at the same time, you can you can rationalize if you want in your head. Number one, B Fab getting cut. Uh, let's put it this way: I I I know uh, I can euphemize. If you throw a fit over your friend being cut. And you start yelling at your, uh, you start yelling at people. Uh, that's not a good idea. It also is not really a good idea. L- l- let me blindly speculate because I did not ask about these parts. Be- but we know history. We know Vince. We know Vince thinks of himself as a rugged individualist. So if you have a soft spot for your friends, well, you're not, you're not taking this seriously. You don't want to be a real star in this business. Look, Top Dollar had the had the had the Twitter uh, things. Sure, he had nuclear heat in the locker room from a number of sources uh, saying that to both Sean Rossap and myself. Let me put another one out here on the table for you, Chris. I have not heard yet chatted up, and it's gonna throw the company in a bad light. So I apologize to those of you who are WWE fans right now, but we're gonna we're gonna talk a little adult. Uh, how, how do I put this? This is some sensitive uh, conversation right here, Chris. Vince and Bruce, not the most enlightened fellows in the world. I think I can say that with the. Uh, without you push, giving me pushback on that. They are probably ones who do not know what even to do with an act like Hit Row. I assume that writers put this on a list saying, this is the kind of talent we have ideas for. We have a lot of ideas for, okay, let's bring them up, see what they got. Oh, and let me put it this way. There's an old metaphor I have for the WWE is that Vince McMahon runs a casting department. He doesn't run a professional wrestling organization. He runs a casting department. He's casting movies. He makes movies. Well, he looks at Hit Row, and they're a faction. They're a tag team. And he and Bruce are probably chatting. And they, Hey, we have a black tag team on SmackDown. We have the uh, Street Profits. We have a black tag team on Raw. We have the New Day. We have Cedric and Shelton, who we are already doing nothing with. Why do we need another one when we already have better versions? I could see that conversation happen. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I could see that happening in modern day WWE. Well, I also think that after they lose B Fab, who is the sort of female contrast to the three males, you look at the group now and you go, they're sort of nondescript, yes. as you were saying. Now, where I think WWE has made a grievous error when it comes to Hit Row is that this is for a WWE fan, a group that you have been following since they were in NXT. Granted, it's been a short run, but they were given a great introduction. They had a number of nice moments on an NXT that has not had many nice moments. They've been a nice spot in there, even if they've been a little bit rocky. The act seems really solid. Swerve, swerve, a solid anchor for the act. 
top dollar. Clearly the guy they're interested in, Ashani the Adonis could actually work. Yes. Like, yeah, like they, they had all of the makings of a good WWE faction mm-hmm. that a viewer had been watching and getting engaged in because they had been getting a serious push. So for them to be gone, erased from your television set, like it was nothing. I, I think that that actually will quietly turn off some fans uh be, especially fans who are people of color how about yeah, that yeah yeah in particular people of color i was going to say people who bought the merchandise period that too but man <laughs> you have an old demographic right now and nobody's connecting on that youth level the street profits could have the street profits to me are money they don't see them that way especially Montez Ford. Montez Ford is a superstar and they have let him die on the vine while he's been up there. The new day, they were just goofs until they started proving that they could sell merchandise and get over. Quite frankly, this was a mid card act full of guys that had nothing going for them. They got together and said, Hey, we can prove ourselves. And they did and good for them. But th- this this just baffles me in, in, in that way, in that we're trying to expand our audience. We're trying to keep our audience. We're trying to – I think it's a nice, noble goal to make your audience a little bit less white, quite frankly. And wrestling is a very white sport, to be honest with you. And trust me, even when I was a kid, even though the performers were all white – People of color loved professional wrestling where I lived. The lower middle class where I lived, where it was a very homogenous group of Filipino, few Asian, a lot of African-Americans because it was, we had four military bases within 20 minutes of where I lived. So it was a very, you know, transplanty type of thing where people come in and out. And we also, you know, hey, you know, Alan Iverson, and the Vic brothers came from my area. We're not rolling in money in Newport News exactly. You either work at the shipyard, go in the military, or you leave town. That, that was one of those things. But as I said, one of the things that kept me from getting beat up in middle school was the fact that I could connect with these kids on a level in terms of talking wrestling. We could always talk wrestling and they loved Ric Flair. They loved the horseman. Ric Flair has made his way into pop culture through hip hop. I, I just, why would you not take the opportunity? Now you have a natural connection to hip hop. You have a hip hop gimmick that they know what they're doing. They know how to produce music. They're literally producing music for themselves. It's a marketing thing. It's a marketing Tesla coil is what it is, Chris. Because they're producing their own music. They can make their own themes. They can make their own merch, pretty much, in terms of graphics and stuff, too. I just, it, 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 <laughs> I feel for Swerve, but he's going to be fine. AEW is going to pick him up in a heart. I mean, this, I think, could be a big mistake for WWE and the fact that they cut them all pretty much simultaneously, which means they can just reunite and do this under a different name. Yeah, the issue, only issue with that is that Top Dollar has basically been in the business less than a year. He's had, I think, a total of six total matches, and he's done one wrestling move in them. I think that's the stats I heard. I could see Ashante and Swerve staying a team, but Swerve is such a bigger star anyways. He doesn't need the others, but it'd be nice if they did stay a unit. They don't have to stay a unit, though. No, they don't have to stay a unit, but I mean, the appeal here is, 
okay for WWE fans who might, the people I just mentioned who might be turned off by this, they have some value added as a faction, even if you have three of the four. You have B-Fab and Ashanti the Adonis with Swerve. I think that's enough to get people to I check out. I think Top one. Dollar and B-Fab, if they went to, say, the Nightmare Factory, one, that would not be the worst, uh, worst idea in the world. Okay, let's take a look at the others. John Morrison, <laughs> he's over 40. Man, I don't, he was on a hot streak when he re-signed. He had finally learned to promo a little bit better. Still a great worker. Comes in, and it's like we say, once they've slotted you as something, you never get to evolve out of that unless you are the tip-top guy. And so he was John Morrison that we knew when he left. Yeah, I like him. I, I think he's still pretty good. Uh, and I, I think he's a better promo. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Johnny Drip Trip, he, he was getting that over. Uh, yes, he he, he had... <laughs> He's one of those guys where he can do good promos and he can do comedy and he, he likes doing comedy, even though comedy is a killer in terms of your, your aura. But if you're in WWE, who cares? Because it, and well, and it worked with the slot that he yes, was slotted yes, in. Yes, exactly. Like, that's what he, I meant. Yeah. He wasn't going to transcend where he was at anyway. So why not be Johnny Drip Derp in that run? I think a lot of money was probably left on the table with Tegan Knox getting cut. Uh, I get that her health is an issue, but they brought her up to the main roster and never even used her other than the, other than the Shotzi team. They split oh, the Shotzi they, team. And they named her Knox too. They gave her that killer <laughs> name. Uh, I, you know, I think again, I hate not everybody can be signed by AEW, but there are people that you can sign to AEW. And I think she's one of them. I think, you know, she has natural charisma. She's, aesthetically pleasing let's put it that way and she has great baby face fire now the knees are an issue i'm not going to deny the knees are an issue it's the if if she can stay healthy dot 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 but i, I just think that was an opportunity lost drake maverick out kicked his coverage kind of knew that this was on the wall once he got brought up and was put back with the 24 7 geeks instead of being given something to do he had kind of aged out of nxt in some ways uh, given their new uh, directive, charismatic as hell. I'd love to see him be a manager somewhere. Yeah, I think he's a he's a good underdog baby face, but yes. he's a great manager too. Um, I, like, look, uh, he's a great promo in this business. Yes, and he did more with Two Hundred Five Live than the company ever did in terms of making you know the his role on there something important. Shane Thorne. I think, uh, look, I think he's going to reunite with uh, Mikey Nichols. I think the Mighty Don't Kneel are back. And I think Jonah Rock's going to be a part of that faction again. They got a nice little Aussie faction there. Probably New Japan. Maybe Noah again, something like that. You know, He's going to get back to having good matches. Like yes. We forget that at one point the, he was an NXT Tag Team Champion. It he seems was an like NXT a Tag Team Champion, and that, that team stole the show and unfortunately got hurt. And that, that was the problem. And then after that, they just decided, well, we're not going to put you back together. Yeah, we're not going to put you back together. And we're just going to give Shane Thorne a series of incomplete gimmicks culminating in Slapjack. I've, although, again, I hope that like whenever he's really up against the wall, he reverts to his alter ego of Slapjack. 
and Jackson Riker. Moving on, <laughs> WWE sold more than 75,000 total tickets at the highest prices of any wrestling show in history for its two-day event on April 2nd and April 3rd at AT&T Stadium in Irving, Texas. It would be by far the most tickets the company has ever sold for a single event in the first days due to expanding WrestleMania to two days. At press time, there were about 37,500 tickets out for each night, according to sources close to the, to the arena. As far as compared to individual dates, those numbers per show were lower than the first week, most of the last several years. Some internally were disappointed by the number, blaming the ticket prices being priced too high. <laughs> Duh. There's something to that. Given tons of tickets on the floor, traditionally the first to go, many as close as fourth row ringside directly, and third row on the sides were still available at press time. I'm going to tell you something. You don't sell a lot of tickets if you don't know the card. <laughs> Especially when you're going to raise the rate. I, I, I yeah. just, you, you're raising the rate for admission. You don't know what the card is. You're cutting everyone on the roster all the time. So, like, I don't know. What if I was looking forward to seeing Hit Row at WrestleMania? Yeah. Probably not going to be getting Probably not showing up. Probably <laughs> saving my money on that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that they shouldn't be surprised. I saw that that massaging the numbers initially, but then you said thirty five thousand. I was like, wait, AT and T Stadium holds like upwards of a hundred something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I remember this. Look, you're gonna have to have two killer nights in order to sh sell this thing out for both nights. I don't see it. I don't see wrestling as that. Are you gonna have stone? And and boy, here come the old guys back. I bet. Stone Cold, The Rock. Hell, they may get Hogan in there for a match, for all I know. The Undertaker. It's going to be old fogey's home once again to try and try and get this, these people sold out. That's what wow. it's going to be. Uh, they're becoming what they used to make fun of WCW for being in the 90s. Do you yeah. remember those? Yeah, those advertisements uh, that they made where it was like, you know, Hogan and Savage are so old or whatever. And now, like, Vince is going to be bringing back people older than Hogan and Savage were when WWF was making those ads. And you don't have anybody from NXT to draw upon because you've killed that brand. It, it's who, who's out there. Who are you going to get there? Vince? Braun breaker. I, I mean, you would, this is the problem with Braun breaker. You would have to repackage that guy to somebody else now. And then like nitro push him for the next like six months to get, or four, three, four, five months to yeah. get him ready for WrestleMania. No, it's not going to happen. Enjoy your battle Royale people. <laughs> Enjoy that for your slot. Cause those are going to be the dream. Match. And then we're going to get a long Orton match. We're going to get a long Roman reigns, whoever match, you know, Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, somewhere in there. You know, it's the usual type of things. Uh, Lulu Pencil, the second for Emmy Sakura, has returned to Japan. Chris, have you ever checked out her work as a second for Emmy Sakura? She is, have, she is delightful. Not. She is delightful. She's great on social media. She's the most... <laughs> She's the most wholesome person I've ever seen on social media, but she's this lackey heel who she abuses and she's hilarious. I, uh, if you have a chance, go watch the six, six woman on AEW dark this week where <laughs> she goes in for like Emmy makes a move and she goes to do thumbs up on the camera and he just shoves her head down. It's, it's a great act. Okay. That's it for the news. Let's uh, let's shout out our sponsors this week and we can move on with this show. My bookie, when it comes to gambling, you always want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. That's why you should bet with my bookie. 
my bookie you can bet all your favorite sports with exclusive promotions contests and more to find your winning bet right now when you make your first deposit with my bookie you'll instantly receive double double on your first deposit let's face it this is gambling season kids we're getting into to fall we're getting into college football we're getting into the heart of the nfl season nba is out there some of you degenerates can bet on hockey. Chris is a big hockey better. Loves betting on the stars. I am always thinking about the second and third strings of a lot of these teams in the in the league these days. In the, in the league? It's easy. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag, sign up and use Chris's promo code ROPES, and mybookie will double your first deposit. That, that's from me. Tell that's him I sent him. you. Yes. <laughs> right afterwards. Up, up to $1,000. Yes. Use those extra funds for this week's biggest games. And you know what's easy money? The Thanksgiving games, especially the Lions. The Lions stink. Bet against them or bet for them. Maybe they'll pull it out for once. Who knows? But this promotion is only available for a limited time. And uh, this, <laughs> this copy isn't. So don't miss out. Head to mybookie.ag and use my promo code ROPES. Chris's promo code ropes, our promo code ropes, R O P E S. Yeah, it's it's ropes, just ropes, not like ropes, Chris. I believe, even though I sent you, it's just ropes. I believe it's our time, Mister Hand, and secure your double deposit bonus today. That's promo code ropes, R O P E S, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. Thank them for their support. The copy is a little old. Uh, <laughs> We've been asking them for weeks. We we, we punch it up though. We, we punch we, it we, up. We punch it up. No, we love their sponsorship. We just you know. <laughs> I'm we like copy. Can... We like fresh copy. Well, uh, I... Use your extra funds to bet on this week's biggest games, including the battle between the Chiefs and the Titans. I gotta cut this, don't I? That's football, right? Yeah. Eh, I don't. We're gonna move on. Survivor Series preview, rapid fire. It's the last. It's oddly enough, it's the last pay per view for WWE as we're not doing TLC this year in December because we don't want to kill people before rumble. Thank God. But yes, the stakes have never been lower team red versus team blue. No real invasions. Just top guy goes one show. Top guy goes other show. And apparently the same management team on both brands. Uh, yes. If you know, it's just Adam Pierce in a different shirt. Earth three, Adam Pierce and earth three, Sonia Deville being evil, stroking their chins, screwing with people because the Austin template worked years ago. Who cares? Uh, the Rock 25th Anniversary Battle Royal. 25-man dual-branded Battle Royal. <laughs> Who cares? They haven't listened who's in it. Chris, give me a wild card here. The Rock. Yes. I'll say The Rock <laughs> wins this, too. The hell with it. It's in Barclays. He comes out, throws out a few people, says, watch Red on Netflix or Red Co Code Red or whatever the hell is that bad movie is that he did on there. And <laughs> go on with it. No titles on the line, so we're just going to keep on going. U.S. champ versus Intercontinental champ. Damian Priest versus Shinsuke with Boogs. Name it. I'm going to say Damian Priest. I say Priest as well. Nobody gives a crap about Nakamura on that roster. Anyways, they're not protecting him, and he's losing way too many matches. RK Bro, Raw Tag Team Champions versus the Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. You say? I say the Usos beat RK Bro, and that leads to dissension between Orton and Riddle. We've been calling for this dissension for months. It ain't ever going to happen. I say RK Bro wins this because I think the Usos get involved later in the night. 
Speaking of which, Big E versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> WWE champ versus Universal champion. Who you got? I think... I think Big E loses, but, like, it's via, like, some technicality or something. I don't think, like, Roman pins or submits Big E. I think since Big E was uh, ended the night on the ground, I think he wins, but I think Brock comes out after the match and destroys them both because he can. The one that has a little bit of intrigue, Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, versus her good friend, her good pal, most professional actress on the roster, Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. What say you? I think Charlotte beats Becky here. God help them if they do. Becky needs to beat Charlotte clean as a sheet. I'm sorry. She never loses clean. Rarely loses clean. I say beat her here. But again, who knows? They might be setting up an angle for Mania somewhere down here. But uh, I'll go with Becky. You can go with Charlotte. I I kind of agree with you, but I think uh, I'm going to go with Becky. Now for the traditional five on five. Again, stakes never lower. I, you know, they really have me <laughs> on the edge of my seat, though, with this these matches where if you lost, you were off the team because the team matters and you want to be on the team because being on the team matters. I am going to give you one piece of information, and this may determine how you uh, how you think about the women's match because we're going to start with the women's match. Vince McMahon is running the Aaliyah angle. Just keep that in mind. Team Raw, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina versus Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony Storm, who has now been named as a replacement for one Aaliyah. Chris, what say you? Yeah, turn uh, yeah, turn off mute there, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, you weren't missing anything, my No, friend. I know. I was watching yeah, I will, okay, do you want to think and I'll give I'll get my my pick here? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, we we have this setup with Sasha and, and Shotzi not getting along or something. So somehow Ali is going to make her way back into this match and win it. That's my thinking. Okay. All right. So then that would mean SmackDown wins. It like Correct. Okay. So I I could believe that. I mean, and and if Vince is involved in the Aaliyah angle, I I think, look, the only thing that matters is Vince's opinion right now. So there you go. Let's go with that. Yeah, And then Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. (laughs) They have the emphasis here wrong. Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory with MVP versus Team SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus with Madcap Moss and Ridge Holland. You can go first this time. Uh, Team Raw is winning this. Uh, Team Raw is indeed winning this. Team team SmackDown is is a joke team. Uh, When you see Jeff Hardy on, I mean, he's just like the red shirt. And then you have Happy Corbin in the mix here, too. And it's, I I mean, no, no, they're losing. (laughs) They're losing. And now, ladies and gentlemen, that finishes up our news and previews. It is time to open up the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Anything, anytime, anywhere, whatever we watched, we can comment on it. Now, I have hyped this for a couple of weeks, so I am going to begin this week, if you don't mind, Chris. Starcade 89, I watched. Future Shock, perhaps the greatest. 
high concept failure of any wrestling promotion ever. Pretty decent idea. We got four Hoss teams. We got four great wrestlers. Let's do a round robin of both. One probably would have sufficed. Now, to understand Starcade 89, you kind of have to understand Starcade 88 and the state of NWA slash Jim Crockett promotions at the time. The end of Starcade, right afterwards, by the time we get up to this Starcade, Dusty Rhodes is gone. JJ Dillon is gone. Barry Windham is gone. Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson are in the in WWE as well. Although this is the show where Arn and Ole make a comeback, or you know, the first big show where they make a comeback. They made a comeback on a TV taping uh, before this. So <laughs> Dusty had left the promotion kind of in shambles because at the end of Starcade, he had turned the Road Warriors heel. If you remember that angle where Dusty got a spike in his eye and bled all over television. And then they basically fired him then. So he went up to there. The horsemen are no more. You don't have your main heel group to run against your top baby face. Sting's okay, but he's not great. Luger's okay, but he's not great. You know, what are you going to do? And then, you know, this is where being 16 at the time, which I was really doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't give you the full picture because they had a great year in 1989 wrestling wise. Great American bash. 1989 is my favorite pay-per-view of all time. It is solid as hell. It is great. It has a war games. It has the skyscrapers. 1989. You have the trio of matches between flair and steamboat, which are fantastic followed by the trio of matches between Flair and Funk. This is possibly Flair's greatest year other than maybe, I don't know, 84 or the late or 82 or something like that. He is on a roll, even though business is not that great. Uh, you're having half full houses in Ithaca, New York for New York Rumble for Clash of the Champions. But Flair's also the booker right now. And Flair has had a great year. So why wouldn't you want to see three Ric Flair matches in one night and your tag team division is stacked. You have the skyscrapers who are hot. You have doom who are hot. You have the Steiner brothers who are the tag team champions and hot. And you have the road warriors who are the most over group in the eighties. Quite frankly, this sounds like a great idea. Uh, (laughs) It is not. Starcade 89 takes place Wednesday, December 13th. This is back when we were having, it's here Wednesday or Thursday. This is back when you're having pay-per-views on weeknights. They decide to start the show at 7 p.m. in downtown Atlanta. Which means the building is half empty when they start, Chris. And they mention, oh, people are trying to get in through the lobby, blah, blah, blah. Another thing that's really smart idea people kind of love these types of things when they collected magazines and stuff like that the four singles competitors you had rick flair was your world champion lex luger was your united states heavyweight champion muda was your undefeated television champion and sting was your number one contender sounds like a plan to me sounds great i'm in i'm all in i am all in as a 16 year old jeff 
I cannot wait for this pay-per-view. And I go over to my friend's house. We're a bunch of us got together that night on a school night when we should have been studying and my parents didn't like it. We decided to start placing bets on who we think is going to win. Chris, I bet on Muda and Doom. <laughs> Doom undefeated going into this goes 0 for 3. Pinned three times. Muda, who had never been pinned in the company, was possibly their hottest, hottest, say that word correctly, Jeff, hottest star at the time. 0 for 3, pinned three times. He's kind of done with the promotion after this. He goes back to Japan in February. Because depending on who you believe, Dave Meltzer or Gary Hart, they refuse to turn him babyface. And we talked about this on our Patreon show, I believe, too, that that he was he could have been a great babyface if they had just let him. And somebody, don't know who, don't know whose choice it was, did not want that to happen. Muda gets uh, frustrated and you know just wants to go back home. And he does. Not yet to return until the end of the year. <laughs> Other great, fantastic failures. They tried to make this look big time because they're going head to head with WWF at the time. And so they have what can only be described as a ramp made out of those things that you see in U-Hauls. <laughs> the metal things that you bring back from the truck that were rickety. They have like high school risers where they're introducing the video. They try and get some pomp and circumstance going. They're using basically sparklers for their entertainment. It, it looks, and they have like a, they have like an old golf scoreboard to keep points up there. That said, some of this wrestling is very, very good. Although they, here's how they book it. They book it randomly, quote unquote, so that sometimes you see guys two, three times in a row. And sometimes you don't see guys until the end of the night. The skyscrapers were not involved in this match in these matches because Sid got a punctured lung in a match with the Steiners the week before. So he was at, they were replaced by the wild Samoans, AKA the Samoan SWAT team, this version being Fatu and uh, the Tonga kid, AKA the, the uh, Samoan savage, AKA Tama from the Islanders for you old school fans. The tag team matches were all big meaty men slapping meat. There were stiff clotheslines all over the place. It is great to watch, but the booking will drive you absolutely insane. They tried to do something clever in the Steiner uh, Legion of Doom match up there where they tried to, you know, one guy had a guy, uh, uh, I think Hawk had a guy in a power slam above his head and he clipped the knee and fall to pin and all these other things. The scoring system is convoluted. I have seen this pay-per-view. It was a long time ago. I didn't see it recently like you did, but I have seen this one. The scoring system was convoluted because you had points for pins, countouts, disqualifications, time limit draws. Almost all the matches went between 15 and 20, with the exception of the singles match that lasted, I think, two minutes and 20 seconds between Muda and Flair. And it was an awesome two minutes and 30 seconds. But after that, you just, Muda's just coming out after that, just going, whatever, let's get this done with. Uh, you know, nobody wants to cheer the heel versus heel things because it's not the guys they want to see necessarily. Nobody wants to see Muda versus Luger. Uh, I am also at this time because Ole and Arn are, are, are around to, to second flare to help with Gary Hart and JTEX. Tully Blanchard, nowhere to be seen. So young Jeff at 16 is also asking, where the hell is Tully right now? And his friends are telling, shut up, Hawkins, and watch the wrestling. 
it is it's fun but don't expect it to be good uh the tag team matches i love i just love jim Cornette does color for the tag team matches Cornette famously also behind the scenes was really wanted the midnight express being here and, and was willing for them to take all three losses because they needed guys who could wrestle and it was obvious here because the steiners are still very very green at this point the road warriors never been ring technicians doom kind of big and beefy and of course you know the samoans were thrown in here at the last moment so nobody was really expecting them to be a part of this um you know it sting wins and this is the uh this is the angle where he is now part of the he's accepted as a horseman at the end of this pay-per-view by Oli and and arn jeff yelling what about tully and then of course they're turned on at the next clash because he has a number one contender match and he will refuses to give it up against flair so they throw him out of the horseman the uh the the road warriors were always slated to win the tag team version of this because it was originally gonna be called night of the iron men of course they come out to iron man uh it is fantastic in its 80s-ness it picks up as it goes along because the crowd starts to fill out but it also kind of drags at times because they i mean they booked it but it's just match 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 ross is great in this jim ross is a great great pay-per-view this is jim ross calling it like a sport here and he's fantastic and for the tag team side as i say he's working with jim Cornette. for the singles matches he's working with terry funk on color and terry is of course terry this is company man terry oh there's a great night of action jim oh they're hanging from the rafters can you believe this i used to fight all these guys because he had just he had lost the i quit match at new york knockout uh before this so he was retired and he was now an announcer it's fun for what it is. I will not call it a great pay-per-view. I do not expect all of you to watch this necessarily, but if you want to see, again, big meaty men slapping meat, if you want to see Flair really have three great kind of carry jobs, it's not a bad, it's not bad for two and a half hours worth of your time. It really isn't. Chris, you did not watch, correct? Uh, not time? recent, okay. not recently, not okay. recently. Yeah. So uh, I, I yield the floor to, you know, you can take two turns on this one since I took so long. Okay, Lazy River. I guess we should get the the longest discussion that I probably have here done first then. Um, Brian Danielson uh, turning heel here and uh, going heel against Adam Page. Now, what, what was your reaction to this, I guess, before I go off? In the hobby... It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, 
it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOWnet. Arenaclub.com slash VOWnet for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I watched this. I thought the whole Dynamite was a perfect show. I'm going to be honest with you. And, and here's why. And I know you don't like the Danielson heel turn. I did. Because I think he's going to be the guy who can baby face against heels and heel against baby faces. And I thought it was well done because he turned heel with one word, Chris. He turned heel with the word WrestleMania. When I main evented WrestleMania, and look, I've been this makes me a bit of a hypocrite. I don't like them mentioning WWE on this show. Don't get me wrong. Their fan base doesn't mind. I mind. But if you take the big picture and you look at this as Danielson turns heel in the beginning of the show and CM Punk turns back to babyface towards the middle of this show, both very subtly, I thought, in some ways. Maybe not so much with Danielson. It wasn't exactly subtle, him going heel, but he wasn't a heel when he first came out there. He did it during the course of the promo. I thought they were both very well done. Okay. Um... Yeah. I, floor is yours, Senator. Please go off. So, I, I mean, I it's not even like really rage. Um, it's I just I think that Brian Danielson for me as a heel, it's not what I want to see. So I find it boring, and I just I mean, like, look, I I get that they didn't want to do Miro versus Adam Page because I guess it was too obvious or something, but. It just seems to me that as I was watching Danielson out there, that entire Dark Order scene would have been perfect for Miro to come down and just wreck the Dark Order and become this like major league menace to the Dark Order. Whereas I think what you're describing is, yeah, Danielson might be perfect at being a situational heel and a situational babyface. Maybe. I don't well, know. Let, let me counter something else. Let me counter a point that we've been making about uh, WWE. We we say they don't take good enough care of their new their stars in the making. 
And Adam Cole is not a strong promo. He's a decent promo, but he's not a strong promo, in my opinion. Babyface Brian Danielson comes out here and eats him alive as a babyface. He makes. He I, I absolutely him. agree, but then that I'm with you. But then that gets back to the original point that this probably should be Miro and not Danielson in the first place. I agree. I think there's was supposed to be Mox originally. Yeah, and, and that would work better um, because Moxley's already been champion. Yes. Um, part the other issue here is Danielson is so new that, like, I don't know. I have to imagine I'm not the only one who was sort of just like looking for like forward to like a str- nice strong Danielson baby's face run. I'm sure not everyone wants that. I'm sure some people like this just fine. I'm aware. Um, <laughs> let me just preempt there's a little, that. There's a little, there's a little, uh, there's a little, uh, no, no, no. On that fastball of yours there, Chris. Just... Some other people have other opinions and that's good to have, but, but they're not opinions are not facts is what I'm saying. And, and so like for me, I just think, yes, they have rushed into turning Danielson heel it doesn't really work for me it will yield fine matches i'm not i'm part of the the problem and i guess why this bores me which is why it doesn't bore me so much as it angers me or i'm sorry it doesn't anger me so much as it bores me strike that reverse it um it, is that like Ooh. it's a foregone conclusion that danielson's not winning the title off of adam page so like he'll he'll menace the dark order and then yeah page i, I guess you're right about that and, and that's boring that's boring and, and, and beyond like so like i i'm angry because now we're just going to be going through the motions and i'm going to be reviewing a storyline or, or conversely i will be a very amused i will not i cannot wait to get on the air on this week danielson makes page a one match wonder and takes the belt right off of him (laughs) ah i hope that happens guys i would love to get on the air and talk about that but i don't think it will so until then i will be bored until we move on to a storyline where page is actually in some peril for those watching on the video feed, you had some extra cat content going there, and then you scared the cat by being so angry. Chris. No, no, I didn't. The haze was just done. I, okay, she she she'd, done. she'd been there for a while. Did you like the uh, the punk uh, non promo promo? Yeah, it was fine. Okay. I, I I mean, like I didn't I wasn't ooh and ah to it. Um, but you know, you come out and you juxtapose yourself against MJF. You're the de facto baby face, and I guess Kingston's a baby face now too. So everyone's a baby face out of that program again, hot program. Um, and that's fine. It's fine. Well, I, I think Mox and Kingston were probably gonna go heel. Right. No, I get that. I yeah. get that. It, it just, I mean, like it. And I think probably they just slotted Danielson as in, in the complete program, as opposed to kind of finessing it a bit to go after all the dark order people, which if I had a problem with it, that's my one problem with it. It's like, why is he going to go kick the head of the dark order right now? What no, it makes it, to me. I don't have a problem with that. If you accept the premise that it's a good idea to make Danielson the heel here okay. and not Miro. Um, if Danielson's going to be the heel, he has to go hard into it. I thought a lot of the acting was stiff. I thought like the WrestleMania line to your, what you said, like it beyond it being like, they shouldn't do it for bad for business or whatever. I just think it's lazy. Um, I, I think it's, it's think it's 
unimpressive. Um, okay. Some of the other stuff, uh, you know, look, uh, and if he wanted to rebut Paige when Paige is like, well, I beat Kenny Omega faster than you, I think all Danielson has to say is, well, yeah, in all fairness to me, though, Paige, I didn't have Matt and Nick Jackson rooting for me to win the match. Uh, <laughs> that would have made it, I mean, it would have made a big difference there in that match. Um, I, I just like, I, I get having Danielson become the Dark Order stalker. I just think he's miscast in the role, and I think the program, again, will yield good matches, but will be a boring story because you know how this ends. I already do an AEW review show, but I'll bring up a couple things from uh, Dynamite that I like. Can we say that Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida have crazy chemistry together? Because Nyla's willing to kill herself for Hikaru Shida. It's 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 one of those things. Every time they have a match, Nyla does something insane to to her own body, to her that 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 tope or the somersault flip to the chair on the outside was nuts. She'll put herself through tables. They have crazy weird chemistry, and and Nyla has that with no other woman on this roster. Yeah, it really it it's weird because it, it it's not like that with anyone else. She is just honestly one of the best performers on the roster here. I, I think like you know that kind of stands out. I, I I'm a fan. I'm a fan. This was a good match, and I'm normally not really particularly into Nyla Rose matches. And of course, I adored I adored the uh, Andrade El Idolo FTR Tully promo. <laughs> Just because it felt like at the end, look, I wish FTR could get a little bit more menace in their promos. They feel like they're playing heels versus being heels at times to me. They don't have the same chip on their shoulder as Tully. This is one of Andrade's better promos. But at the end there, it looks like they're obviously trying to corpse Tully. Like say, this man... Big cojones, huevos, you know, all these other things. And Tully's just trying to be the angriest man in the room. And that's kind of what makes me upset about the pinnacle. Other than MJF, Tully's the angriest guy in the room compared to the other guys in this pinnacle faction. I think that's what's holding them back from being a top tier menace, in my opinion. Yeah, pinnacle's a weird faction. I guess we could do a bigger breakdown of them at a later point, but like I, the sum is not, uh, it's not the whole of the parts. They're not a unit. They don't, feel they're not, like they're, they don't feel like, a, cause like Wardlow's already on his way out. He's like the tank, but like, we've already yeah. established that like Wardlow's going to get like ditched at some point. Um, and, and if anything, he, it seems kind of dumb that he hasn't put that one together so far. Spears is just sort of like in a holding pattern. He's got the chairs. He likes chairs. Uh, the pinnacle, or I'm sorry, uh, FTR. Like they don't, the, the cohesion with MJF doesn't really feel there. Um, like it still just feels like FTR with Tully are like just the hired guns of MJF rather than yeah. like part of a faction. Yeah, I would agree there. And I, yeah, maybe that's what they are. I, 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 I I actually prefer this Andrade Alice or Malachi Black FTR faction. I think they'd make a great foursome. I think I think I prefer that to the Pinnacle. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens because I think something's afoot. <laughs> Let's see what happens between Arn and Tully during this uh, eight man in Chicago, where NWA died. 
Night of the Skywalker, Starcade. I believe that is Starcade. No, Starcade 87. Yeah. Uh, what? Anything else in uh, on Dynamite that you really, really liked or hated or wanted to bring up? Um, that I really, really liked or hated that I wanted to bring up. Um, I, Leo Rush and Dante Martin are a pretty good little team. They are fantastic. <laughs> they are pretty, yeah, they, they, they Thank got, you. Thank yeah. you. Let's talk about this because Leo Rush. Leo Rush is just he's on another level and I can't believe WWE didn't. I mean, they had him, they had him. They, they, they he wanted to do things for him. He wanted to just, he, all he wanted to do was merchandise, a piece of the merchandise for the, uh, for the Bobby Lashley stuff and to wrestle. That's all he wanted to do. And they wouldn't give it to him. And, and, and they liked that almighty idea. They sure did. Cause he's mm-hmm. still Bobby Lashley, the almighty. And let's not shade the acclaimed here. The acclaimed, had a had a great part in this too. I mean, Max Caster is one of the guys I look forward to, but uh, Anthony Bowens. Between this and the Danielson match, he's had a couple of really good weeks. I think. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like Bowens is definitely a guy who he's the is, worker of the group. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Caster's the character though, and, and like uh, you need yeah. th- you need you need that. Like like uh, I mean. <laughs> And it even works. though his thing is the most basic thing ever, I live for their entrance every week. I do. I want to hear what Caster has to say. I want to see Bowens be effing ridiculous, screaming the name of the city as if he's a baby face. And then I just want to see them get their butts kicked. Um, much much like I, I adored uh, 2.0 and Eddie Kingston in a promo. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like like the 2.0 Kingston promo was quite funny. Uh, want a taste? I- Never you, fails to amuse me. It, they, like that, and and then like referring to Garcia as their son. Like, yeah, it's all it's all good stuff. It's all good. Uh, stuff. you have another slot here if you'd like to take it. I have another slot here if I'd like to take it. Man, let me look at NXT here. Tony <laughs> D'Angelo, <laughs> Tony D'Angelo versus Dexter Loomis. Um, that should really have been a feud where you have the serial killer versus the mafia hitman. Like that should go on for months. Um. You have jacket time. Lord knows, I love jacket time. Uh, Do you? Yeah, it, it's. it's Thought you were dating these days. <laughs> you said you saw what I was doing there. You saw what I was well, doing you, you there. Jacket in the wind earlier. I thought you. Might- <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, no. I uh, that is a that is a setup, and you went for it, and saw that's the softball. Good. I had to say. There you that. go. There you go. Chris, we are getting a war games with women. Dude, yeah, like okay, this show <laughs> ended with a war games. I was rereading it. I'm like, oh yeah, hell. This ended with a war games announcement. Um, this is gonna suck. This is gonna be a really lousy war game. EO's gonna be fine. Uh Dakota's fantastic. Those two that, I have Cora Jade running was god awful. <laughs> Cora <laughs> Toxic Attraction. We, we had these ladies on ladders and that wasn't the best idea. Now we're going to have them in war games, this serious blood feud. Look, Raquel is going to, again, we have to have Raquel get the win. She's already gotten a win in war games once to get her over. Got to do it again because they're not feeding her opponents that make her look good. Um, I guess it's better than being cut. <laughs> that's a point for Chris. Uh, who is going to be the fourth woman on this babyface team? I I thought the fourth woman was Cora Jade. It's Cora, 
EO. Gonzalez, EO. Gonzalez. And who knows? Because Zoe Stark, I don't think, can get in there. No. She was using the, the crutch. So we oh. have a slot here. Oh. I thought it might be Tegan Knox until she got cut oh. on Thursday. Uh, yeah. uh, God, I'm, I... I'll take it off the board pick. Okay. Because I get the feel. See, I have a feeling they're going to do that. This is going to be the Kevin Owens war games where he just comes in for the one shot and do, does it. But I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to say Mako Satamura. Uh, I'm going to go Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell is a good choice as a baby face. Yeah, because Indy's basically a baby. I guess a baby the way face. I guess the ways are now baby. Yeah, face. yeah, yeah. Like they've been. Yeah, a baby you're face correct. Yeah. I think that's it. I think you, I think you nailed it. There. I think it's gonna be Indy. Uh main roster. I could see them putting Nikki Cross in here. I really could, <laughs> just because they're not doing anything with her right now. Yeah, as Nikki Ash. Yeah, I I still. I mean, I lean she does towards... the superhero fly off the top of the cage. Still yeah. leaning towards Indy Hartwell. No, I think you're correct. I think you're exactly correct on that. Uh as I did not watch a lot of NXT, do you have anything else on this? I mean, they did a poker angle. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, this is a riveting poker game. Well, boy, was it ever. Where Cameron Grimes bluffs, uh, what's his face? Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson. Middle management all the way. Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson loves the 4th of July and having barbecues at his house. Duke Hudson. Good American name. This gimmick sucks. Like... <laughs> It it blows, and I mean, it sucks and blows at the same time. That's amazing. It's, it's quite bad. It's quite bad. Uh, it makes me want to fold uh, on this company, and I hope this company folds. And <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, then we can move on to Raw, shall we? Move on to Raw. I didn't lot, watch it. A <laughs> lot of good, lot of good stuff here. You missed. Um, uh, Bianca Belair had a far too competitive match with Tamina that was well worked, but like went almost five minutes. Um, I was confused as to why this match was going so long. Uh, and then street profits had an okay match with alpha Academy. Like they're, they're sort of making Otis a bit of a monster heel. He works in that role. I like him. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm it, not hearing anything that I haven't seen before though. No, you're not hearing anything you haven't seen before. This is raw we're talking about, Jeff. Okay, then let, let, let's get out of WWE land. I got something. Uh, oh, 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 lastly, uh, Finn Bauer got goobed out to Kevin Owens with like a very like lackluster stunner that pinned Finn Bauer with little fanfare. And we're teasing we're teasing an Owens heel turn, right? Oh no, he's already heel. He's full on heel, or is he? I mean, he like, I, I, I mean, no, I, I feel like, I feel like. It, he, maybe he is just don't trust anybody. I don't know. I think he's a heel. I don't care. I am going to give some praise to a gentleman that uh, is under the radar because he is in a he is in the third promotion in the United States. It's a guy that kind of got uh, the short shrift while he was in the Federation, as we like to say. I watched a little bit of Impact this week. Old Impacts as well. Steve Cutler a.k.a. Steve Macklin, former member of the Forgotten Sons. This guy's really good. And he never got to show it because he was stuck in this thing. He was stuck. You know, he, he was a prelim guy in NXT for the most part, and then he got the Forgotten Sons gimmick, and then he got forgotten. Really good base for the X Division type guys. Really just solid, is in his place. You know, I'm not, I'm not the big biggest technical guy in the world in terms of being able to tell you what they're doing but he's catching everybody 
you know, he's pulling off his moves. Well, it doesn't look like he's putting anybody in danger. And he's a very underrated promo. His promos come off as a real guy talking to you, whether or not he's a heel or a baby face. He's just a real guy. He's not mustache twirling. He's intense, but he's not mustache twirling. And I, I like him. I like him a lot, Chris. Nice. I'm glad that he's landed on his feet. I, I always too. thought I always thought there was something there. Uh, the Forgotten Sons gimmick was really the absolute death for him because Blake was kind of the more trusted hand of the two. But I mean, if you see that a former tag champion is being put in your tag team and then being not featured, you know that you're basically in a kiss of death unit. And yeah, they were red shirts and they were going to be red yeah, shirts for yeah. Corbin in that yep. very short time that they were. There That's right. Cut, That's you know? right. That would have uh, made some sense as a faction for Corbin. Anything else in your lazy river queue? Not that I can think of. I don't either. So let's close it up from there, guys. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Uh, I return on Friday afterwards. So we'll be recording next week. If Chris has time during the weekend, I'll put something out over the weekend. Who knows? But uh, you can follow me at crap game 13. You follow Chris at DWATG. You can just follow the show at shake them ropes. All one word. We're part of the voices of wrestling podcasting network you can watch the show watch our weird looks at each other <laughs> at voices of Re- or at youtube.com slash voices of wrestling chris also oh once again thank our sponsor my bookie use chris's code ropes r-o-p-e-s get double your initial deposit chris is also busy with the political wonkery on don't worry about the government which is what d-w-a-t-g stands for yeah, don't worry about the government. Had a show that came out this week that will be out on like iTunes probably tomorrow at some point when I sit down and edit it. But the videos version is up right now at patreon.com slash DWATG. Doing a call-in show on <laughs> uh, yeah. It, 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 boy, uh, it's gonna be beautiful on Monday, not on Thursday, like the Shake Them Ropes call-in show. Make sure to message Jeff. It's gonna be Thursday night, this upcoming week here. During dinner time. Yeah, DM him. Shoot, yeah, shoot him a DM <laughs> to get the Zoom link so that you Don't can call into the no, do do Don't. do DM. Please send him Don't. a DM so the you can get the Zoom happening. link. There's the gonna be a Zoom link and you're gonna, gonna wanna be there. You're gonna wanna be there. Oh. Anyways, there's going to be a Don't Worry About the Government call-in show on Monday night, uh, and you can find out what time when I decide it uh, by going to the Twitter account, at DWATG. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and if you want guitar lessons, I, I give those as well, and you can get in touch with me on Twitter or via email or talk to Jeff. or you know, There's many ways to find out how to get lessons from me. It's, it's good stuff, really. Mom passed the stuffing. <laughs>